Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. Welcome back. I haven't seen Peter Mullen for a couple, probably, what, three weeks, is it, since I've seen you, mate? It has been three weeks. Wow. And you, how, how was your holiday? I was all right. Your time hasn't been that good to you, mate. You're looking pretty <laughs> ragged. <laughs> Health and Wellbeing, mate. Another big week on the way. What have you got for us? Um, today, we're going to talk about um, thyroid, underactive thyroid. Okay. So it's a condition that affects... You know, quite a lot of people and often undiagnosed. So, And we've talked about it before. Where would you like to start? Well, how was your holiday? That was pretty good. That was fantastic. It was good. It's, always, it's always good to get away and have a couple of weeks where you're not sort of thinking about the day-to-day, which is, which is really good. Not caring who was looking after your program at all, not once. <laughs> but I'm sure they were pretty good programs. And um, you went to Canberra? I did. For a few days? Yeah, Canberra, Melbourne, uh, drove over the mountains so it was oh, a, a lot of fun a lot of fun and the best part about it, i did the drive down and back that was by myself yeah so no people that no, would that would be very good for you no that would suit you. people <laughs> and, like, and for the people as well yeah absolutely me. everyone everyone had a break it was mark. a win-win it was a win-win <laughs> win-win all right so underactive thyroid yeah so thyroids uh we've talked about thyroid a fair bit on the show mm. before but it is so many times when people come in like they'll come in with a whole list of symptoms and um, a lot of those symptoms may relate to a whole host of areas. It can relate to their gut, to their adrenals, to their hormones. But a lot of those symptoms can relate back to thyroid function as well. So thyroids are glands here at the base of the throat, responsible for producing what's called our thyroid hormone. And thyroid hormone is responsible for things like our energy, our metabolism. Um, it plays a role with mental health as well. Um, so how how so? If someone's got an underactive thyroid, then they may be more prone towards experiencing depression and anxiety as well. Um, okay. Gut health. So people with low thyroid often will have constipation or a sluggish digestive system. Um, one of my patients recently was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid that went underactive very quickly. And she said she'd always been a warm person, always you know, felt quite hot. But um, when her thyroid went underactive, she said she just couldn't get couldn't get warm, so she felt cold from the inside out. So, common symptoms, and there's lots of reasons why your thyroid can become underfunctioning, mm. um, and we'll go through those all in a moment. But some of the symptoms um, associated can be things like fatigue, exhaustion, low energy, even after a good night's sleep. Now, again, a lot of these symptoms will relate to other areas, but it's always worthwhile getting your thyroid checked out. Constipation, as I said, weight gain, um, or people that where they've found it relatively easy to lose weight in the past, but now they really struggle. Uh, increased intolerance to cold, um, dry skin, dry hair as well, uh, sluggishness, muscle weakness. Um, a really big one I find for my underactive thyroid patients is brain fog. Have you ever had brain fog before? Hardly my entire adult life. (laughs) (laughs) So brain fog, it's it's an unusual symptom. And um, uh, someone explained it to me recently. They said it's just like you're trying to think in fog or think in, Mm. you know. You just can't see the thought for just the blankness. Yeah. Mm. And it can be associated with um, changes in blood sugar levels as well. But brain fog, um, you know, is a massive one. Brain fog and fatigue and weight difficult losing weight they're probably the three common things that i would see it's kind of tricky because some of those things can just be things on their own uh, yeah and, definitely, and definitely. sort of how do you sort of separate the wheat from the chaff there of well you just can't lose weight because of other factors or or yeah. or, or, or your own doing versus there might be something behind the lines here yeah well look it, it it's a really good point and oftentimes i thought so 
<laughs> You're good at, you know, pulling things together in an abstract kind of way. Um, I find um, a lot of times when patients do come to see me, often they'll have it in their mind that they do have a thyroid problem, but they don't always have a thyroid problem too. This is the other side of it as well. Like, we're not just... Well, that'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Because you're thinking the quote-unquote the worst and it's yes. mainly not as bad. Yep. Yeah, and there's lots of reasons. So one of the big jobs that we have as naturopaths when someone first comes to see us is try to clear the symptom picture a little bit, get them actually feeling a little bit better so we can see more clearly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then with thyroid, there's some very specific thyroid blood tests you can have done that actually give you a good idea or tell you exactly whether your thyroid is heading down that path or not. But I often find um, that thyroid we need to look at as a whole system review you know, is it more a gut issue that's giving them their symptoms? Is it more that they're chronically, you know, insomniacs and getting to bed after 11 o'clock of a night time and not getting enough sleep? Is it because they've got food intolerances? Is it, you know, so it's often a matter of looking at the whole health and then looking at thyroid as one part of that picture. It's very rare, actually, that thyroid would be the only per only problem that that person has. So, as I said, we look at it as in the whole context, but what naturopaths are very good at is actually helping to work out if thyroid really is a contributor or not to that symptom picture. And we're going to have a look at some of the causes now of, of, of hyperthyroidism. Just to point out, in the early 70s, I was five. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Life's been pretty tough for you then, mate, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Same joke, twice. Well, no time. Yeah, well, I'm just going to stop right there. Family history seems to be a big one for, for uh, thyroid. Yeah, yeah, it's a really common one. So a lot of my patients that come in with thyroid, already with a diagnosed or suspicious of a thyroid issue, will say, oh, yeah, my mum's got underactive thyroid or my nan had it. So it does, does tend to run in families yeah. a bit. Does this? It doesn't necessarily mean that you will get it, though, does no, it? No, absolutely. Yeah. We have a big saying mm. that, you know, that our genes aren't our destiny but your family history gives you clues so if in your family there's a strong history of thyroid or if in your family there's a strong history of diabetes then it kind of makes sense that you want to really make sure you're keeping on top of keeping yeah. those things monitored sure. basically and it gives us the heads up basically so yes yeah, so a family history um one of the the big causes of um an underactive thyroid is um, what's called Hashimoto's disease. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition where the immune system gets confused for a number of reasons. Maybe due Great to... Great thing. Is that with a brain fog? It's because your immune system's <laughs> got fog of its own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're calling it... There's a whole host of... Like autoimmune, there's over between 60 to 80 known autoimmune conditions and the number's rising all the time. <laughs> well, they're just finding them. That's what uh, it yeah. is. Yeah, but I think there's more of it as well for whatever reason. So... Hashimoto's immune system gets confused. Now, that may be due to an infection. There's links between um, hypothyroid and Hashimoto's with Epstein-Barr virus, which in, in the States, something like 80% of 40-year-olds have had Epstein-Barr virus in their system at some point. So that's the glandular fever virus. So you can have glandular fever in your 20s and then develop an autoimmune thyroid condition. That's one theory that it could be due to an underlying infection. There's a, a gut bug called blastocystis hominis that's been linked to autoimmune thyroid as well um, from a naturopathic point of view. And we'll talk a bit more about diet in a little while, but gluten for some people that have autoimmune, that can be a trigger for autoimmune or immune confusion and autoimmune stuff. 
Um, and also if there's a history of autoimmune. So a lot of people with autoimmune conditions, unfortunately, often will have more than one. So they might have celiac and Hashimoto's, or they might have rheumatoid arthritis and Hashimoto's. So anyway, so autoimmune is a, is a growing condition, and um, it's something I'll talk more about after I get back from holidays, possibly, because it is such a, a big area. Um, stress, and there's a strong connection between your adrenal glands, your your hypothalamus pituitary and your adrenal axis, which is your stress response, and thyroid. So if you're constantly under stress, and there's a lot of people these days that are stuck in that sympathetic loop of being um, you know, overly stressed and overly stressed all the time, um, that can interfere with your thyroid function. Um, diet, nutritional deficiencies, um, being low in iodine, um, tyrosines and amino acids, zinc, selenium, vitamin D, and or iron can all lead to thyroid issues. Um, Good news there, though, is a lot of those, things, certainly in the diet space anyway, a lot of those things that you can actually, yeah, you can arrest do that something pretty early. About, yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, celiac disease, a lot of people with celiac often will have um, thyroid issues. And one of the things we always come back to from a naturopathic point of view is gut and gut health. Um, there's thoughts that, you know, conditions like leaky gut, where the gut wall becomes actually inflamed, the tight junctions open up, open up rather, and toxins or food protein portions larger than normal cross into the bloodstream, triggering food intolerances, that this may place a strain on the immune system and eventually turn into either an autoimmune thyroid condition or leaky gut might affect thyroid, a normal healthy th- functioning thyroid as well. So as always, you know, we always think about coming back to the gut. Um, the other theory around underactive thyroid is what are called um, bromides or compounds in like chlorine in our water that chlorine may bind to um, thyroid receptors and stop thyroid hormone from working properly as well so which is why i'm a bit of an advocate for having our water filtered but if someone's swimming a lot in a chlorine pool they may need to look at um, taking an iodine spray every time you swim can help to stop chlorine from binding to these thyroid receptors. So, so a lot of swimming in the pool can, act, can actually be in, a, in and of itself a problem. It can be of a problem, yeah, if you're absorbing too much of that chlorine. And the thyroid's one of those glands that's very sensitive to things like smoking as well. I guess maybe the locale, but cadmium, the heavy metal cadmium, which is the new lead in some respects, can accumulate in thyroid and affect thyroid function as well. Um, so yeah, so it's a good example in some respects of how our whole body's going in because it is such a sensitive tissue. All right, we'll come back and take a look now that we've figured out how we've got it. We'll have a, <laughs> we'll have a look at what we can do about it. We're talking thyroidism with uh, with Peter Mullen on health and wellbeing, and we'll come back and have a chat with Anne in a little while. Actually, I think we'll sneak in now. We'll, we'll get Anne in before All we right, get out of here. Good, uh, good afternoon, Anne. Uh, you've got uh, thyroid issues for Peter today. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Anne. Um, sorry, I'm, I was just listening. I'm, sorry, I know you're doing... Um, underactive. Un, uh, underactive. Yes. But um, I've got overactive. Um, I was just wondering whether you're going to do a program about that at one stage or can I have a chat because... You can definitely you know, have a chat. similar symptoms and everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. what's, um, what's happening with you? Well, I've got Graves. Um, yes. and the ophthalmology, so I've got the two autoimmune. 
I'm um, actually probably going to be in rem- I'm in remission at the moment after a two year tablets and everything. Yep. Um, I was just wondering. I've still got a lot of the tiredness and everything. Um, and someone suggested probably magnesium, but are there certain um, medications or herbal medications that I should or shouldn't be taking? I'm not completely off my tablets, but um, I may be after next month, after my latest blood test might might be all clear. So fantastic! I'm just so wondering you... what sort of what sort what of to do from can here. I do? Yeah, yeah I've look... had no symptoms for about three months on. Um, lower tablets, so they're thinking I'm in remission. Actually, so yeah. Look, well, you've done you've done really well. Graves is one of those conditions that, um, with medication and neomercosol is often the, the recommended. Yeah, that's the medication. one I'm on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. what that does that can really turn. So Graves' disease is the opposite of Hashimoto's. Like Graves' yes. disease. Yes causes the thyroid to rev up and produce too much thyroid hormone. So Graves' disease is one of those conditions that if you can get it into remission, hopefully, fingers crossed, it never comes back again. Yes, yes, that's hoping, yes. So I'm I'm pleased about that. But um, I then want to start building up my... Absolutely. Strength, strength again, or not strength, but, you know, I'm, I'm a bit concerned and thinking, what can I take after I'm off my medication, magnesium or... Something yep. herbal that'll give me a bit more of a boost. Well, and definitely the two areas to focus on is mm-hmm. focus around your gut health mm-hmm. for starters. So make sure you get onto a good um, probiotic that's going to balance up your immunity through your gut because a lot of okay. autoimmune comes from the gut. Um, continuing with some of the tips I'm going to talk about in the next segment about what to do dietary wise, we do for mm-hmm. both over and under. But um, mm-hmm. as a starting place, I'd definitely get onto something to support your um, nervous system function. So mm-hmm. definitely a good quality magnesium powder. Oh, good, good. Yeah, um, someone suggested that, but I wasn't sure whether it would react with the medication. No, absolutely fine with the neomercosol. Mm-hmm. I would also yep, do. Good. I would also do a vitamin C and zinc combination as well. Oh, okay, vitamin C and zinc, yeah, okay, good. Because that really Mm -hmm. helps to balance the immune. So the probiotic, the magnesium, the vitamin C and zinc, and Mm -hmm. probably probably one of my favourite herbs for just supporting the adrenals and the thyroid function is withania. Withania. Withania or ashwagandha. Oh, okay. Did you say W? Withania. Yeah, withania, W-I-T-H-A-N-I-A. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so if you go... If you do, you see naturopath at all, or sorry, do you see a naturopath already? No, no, no. All right, well, just make sure you get really good quality stuff, particularly with the magnesium powder. But mm-hmm. start there, yep. the magnesium and the vitamin C, mm-hmm. and if you can get some with ashwagandha. Um, that would be a great place to start. Thank you for your call, Anna Cardiff South, and at least good to know that things are starting to be on the mend for a oh, little bit. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I've had quite a few patients with Graves, and often if you can get to that remission stage and then keep well, that's your best defence in preventing it coming back. But as I said, I'll go over some of the dietary stuff for Anne in a moment as well. Megan, you're in Newcastle, and you have some high blood pressure questions and also thyroid for Peter today. Hello, Megan. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks, Megan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How can we help? 
Well, I just wanted to ask you a question in regard to hypothyroidism. So I had previously had Graves' disease um, and was in remission, was on the Amirkazolt in remission. Um, then it became hypothyroid with Hashimoto's, so I t- did test positive to those um, antibodies. Antibodies, yep. Yeah. yeah, so I have had Epstein-Barr virus as well when I was young, so I tested positive to that as well. So my doctor has quite, you know, been quite thorough on this. The only thing I'm a bit concerned about is two things. I've just noticed that whenever my thyroid reading is outside the normal range, I have um, periods of high blood pressure, and I also have, um, yeah, I have also um, had a little bit of problems with kidney health as well. So I have recently purchased um, a tonic from a naturopath for kidney health, thinking that if I could. Um, focus on that, it may repair the blood pressure kind of thing, but are they linked? So is the thyroid being hyper, uh, being low, is it linked to high blood pressure? Are they, do they work, you know, are they linked together? And um, also look, the other, uh, yeah. sorry, and I just wanted to ask, um, what what benefits do you get from having celery juice in regard to, to yeah. an overall health? Yep, yeah, okay, so just to, just to sum that up, so um, your question was: Does an underactive thyroid is underactive thyroid linked to elevated blood pressure? Yeah, I'll, do they go together? No, not from my understanding. Like more, if you had an overactive when you had when you had more the grave style, um, yeah. overactive thyroid I think can definitely link into um, faster heart rate and high blood pressure. Yeah. Um, the question for you: So I don't think the underactive and the blood pressure are linked. The question for you is if your kidney function is down, if your EGFR is down, one of the most common causes for why your kidney function might be down is if you've had untreated high blood pressure. So maybe blood pressure has been more of an issue for you for a while and maybe that's what's caused your kidneys to be a bit under-functioning. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I did um, look, I did um, test a little bit of high protein in the kidneys. I'm not quite sure if the level was... Um of concern, I went and had um, a scan done and so forth, and there was the cyst detected and That's a few very other things. And I just, yeah, yeah, I just wondered if they were all linked to the thyroid because, to be honest, I've had um, hyperthyroid. So I had Graves' disease probably about twenty years ago. I was only on neomercazole for three years before it went into remission. Yes, I was under Dr. Epstein at the at that time yes. um, in at Newcastle at Hamilton. Once it went underactive, it's been underactive for some time, and it's really difficult for me to get that. Balance, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if so you're if, yeah. if, if you're if you're over treating your thyroid, that could definitely contribute to blood pressure. But um yeah. I would be more inclined to get a blood pressure machine and just get some uh, without stressing over it, get some more um consistent readings and just see what your blood pressure might be doing because if the kidneys are leaky, if there's protein or or whatever showing up in your urine, it's because the kidneys are a little bit leaky. And yeah. um, one of the reasons that can be if there's been a history of reoccurring kidney infections or if you've had low-grade high blood pressure for a while that's been putting pressure on the kidney. So, I'd, I think it's more that. I think it's probably more that low-grade. Uh, yeah. And I, and I found that when I had Graves' disease, I had um, I found it more uncomfortable to have Graves' disease than, than Hashimoto's. Yeah. I know that yeah. um, like brain gait and being sluggish and all of that kind of thing, yes. I find they're a lot easier to manage as opposed to that rapid tachycardia. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible place to be with um, that overactive thyroid. So, yeah, so I'd go more along, along the lines of seeing what's going on with your blood pressure. 
And um, if your Hashimoto's is being managed with your thyroid medication, just make sure that you're not over getting over-treated there as well. Thank you very much, Megan, and indeed Anne, a little bit before that as well. Peter, uh, just very quickly before you go, uh, we just want to just uh, track through some of the things that we should be doing if we think that um, thyroid problems might be there. Yep, absolutely. So this is information for underactive thyroid mm-hmm. and for Anne and Megan that have had more of the history, or initially for Megan, but Anne with the history of overactive thyroid. So comes back a lot. When we think about um, thyroid health, you're thinking about good gut health trying to avoid or reduce caffeine and alcohol, cut out sugar and refined foods. Sugar actually places undue stress on the thyroid and the adrenal glands as well. Um, making sure you're having enough protein. So protein is really important to balance out blood sugars, but also for um, the amino acids to produce the thyroid hormones. Um, and boost your intake of um, uh, like greens and vegetables and all the healthy stuff, but avoiding those thyroid aggravating foods. Um, dietary wise or exercise wise, reduce your stress because stress and thyroid go hand in hand. So um, exercise is a regular, regular exercise rather is a good way to help decrease your stress. And getting tested properly for your thyroid. So often when you have a blood test for your thyroid, oh, so sorry, so with thyroid also gluten and dairy free. I'm a bit of a fan of if you suspect there's autoimmune. So um, uh, low inflammatory diet as possible. Supplement-wise, um, iodine, if you're low, tyrosine, getting your zinc tested, your selenium tested. Vitamin D is such a chronic thing we're seeing, Mark, where so many people are low in vitamin D. And if anyone has any autoimmune conditions, they need to get their vitamin D levels tested. But more importantly, they need to make sure they're taking enough vitamin D. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Because we've, we've been all this sun smart for so long now. Yeah. Stay out of the sun. The sun is not your friend. Then we realise that we're low in vitamin D and that all these other issues at yeah. the other end. Yeah, and you know, even the reference range for D, less than 50 is considered a deficiency, but I, t- I tend to like it more towards the 100 mark rather than, or even a bit above. Mm. So depends on the individual, of course. Um, but getting a proper thyroid function test done. GPs are allowed to do TSH, but you know the reference range is quite wide. So if you're really suspicious you've got a thyroid issue, if you see a naturopath, we can actually give you a referral to get your TSH, T3 and T4 done so you know exactly where your thyroid function is up to. But as I said before, often it's rare that just the thyroid is going to be the issue, but it can definitely be a contributing factor. So it's worthwhile always getting it checked out when you have your bloods done. Peter, lots of information and lots of good info. Uh, as always, thank you, mate. You're off on a bit of a break now? Yeah, I'm off, um, yep, for two or three weeks, I think. You think. <laughs> You'll check with the office. Check with the boss. I'll check with the boss. I think I'm going. I'm hoping I'm going. <laughs> She'll know if you're going, mate. Don't you worry. All righty, that's Health and Wellbeing with Peter Marlin. Always a great listen. He'll be back in uh, well, the program. We'll be back in a fortnight on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.